to the Grave Plot Podcast. Welcome everybody to another happy edition. Happy. <laughs> I'm trying to I'm trying to beef up my uh, your vocabulary. <laughs> Taylor gets so upset with me whenever I say uh, exciting. I couldn't believe you didn't say 100 was exciting. Didn't I? No, I don't think so. You probably used a bunch of other superlatives. I do use a lot of superlatives, namely exciting. exciting. <laughs> but I am Skeletoni. I am Taylor of Terror. And this is uh, the show. This, this is the show. show. <laughs> um, so how's, how's everybody doing? Good. <laughs> How are you doing, Taylor? I'm doing well. Yeah. Uh, how's, your, how's your new year treating you? It's, you know, same old shit. <laughs> Good. <laughs> um, Did you make any resolutions? No, I don't make resolutions. Me neither. Uh, I think it's just, uh, I think resolutions are a way for you to disappoint yourself. <laughs> yeah. So I just don't do it because then I'm not disappointed. That's fair. Um, I would. I mean, just, it's not really a resolution, but I want to get back to the gym. Yeah. But I need to wait until like March to do it because then there's all the people who did make resolutions like going to the gym. But by March, they usually stop. They all petered out. Yeah. It's like, you know what? Fuck this resolution. <laughs> this <laughs> is a, hard. I got other things I want to do. Um, so what's new? I noticed what? you got yourself a little drinky there. Why, why, didn't you, why didn't you serve me one? Yeah, you got some cider in there. That's true. I do have cider in there. Um, sorry, what'd you ask me? What 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 you been up to? What's new? Uh, What's new with Taylor? I had a I went to a Yahtzee tournament last night. Oh yeah, yeah. Sounds exciting. I did not do well. <laughs> I don't even remember how to play Yahtzee. I think I played it like a few times when I was a kid, and now I have no idea. I love Yahtzee. Yahtzee. It's like whenever we go camping, we just play Yahtzee for hours. <laughs> All right. <laughs> uh, cool, cool. Yeah, and we uh, we made it so every time you got a Yahtzee, you had to do a shot. There you go. Guess what we called it? Drunk Yahtzee? Shotzi. Shotzi. <laughs> I should have known that, damn it. Yeah, I thought it was pretty... I didn't <laughs> think it was that clever. <laughs> um, yeah. One of our friends got five Yahtzees. That's a lot of Yahtzees. In four games. That's many Yahtzees. Yeah. Yahtzee? I think, I think it's just Yahtzees. <laughs> I'm going to unnecessarily pluralize things. <laughs> Um, well, that's cool. Yeah. Cool, bro. Uh, yeah, not much for me. Uh, I just, uh, shot my scenes for They Reach last weekend. That was fun. Um, a lot of, a lot of sitting around. <laughs> I don't know about you, but I did a lot of sitting around. Oh yeah. There's a lot of just waiting for things to be set up. Yeah. Um, filmmaking. Neato. Um, but yeah, it was two days I was working. Um, and you're not done, right? You still got to go back and do one more scene. I got to do some reshoots. Um, well, actually there was a scene that we didn't get shot. Um, and then, yeah, I need to reshoot, uh, part of a scene. Um, that's why I've got kind of like a, a porno stash right now. Cause I'm, I'm uh, shooting a porno. Yeah. You know, uh, it's they reach around. <laughs> <laughs> Nailed it. <laughs> but no, I'm playing a cop, so I got to have a creeper mustache. Um, I'm trying to 
grow back my chin beard right now. So you can shave it off again? <laughs> yeah, pretty much. I just, I don't know when I'm supposed to go back. Yeah, was, me neither. That's why I got like this unruly beard going on. I was going to say, your your beard's looking pretty. Silas like, just keep growing it until I tell you to stop. Like, All right, man, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> See, you know, I, I finished my shoot on last Monday. Um, yeah. And Silas was just like, you know, I mean, I don't know when we're going to bring you back somewhere down the line. Um, but, you know, you can go ahead and, you know, shave off your facial hair, you know, trim it, whatever you wanted to do. Um, and, you know, we'll let you know when we're going to bring you back. Like, All right. So I like, I went home and I, <laughs> I had the intention of sh- like trimming it and shaving it down that night, but I got home and I was just so fucking exhausted. Um, and then I just ended up going a whole week without actually doing it. Um, and then I think on like Wednesday or something, um, the producer, Bry, he he uh, emailed me and says, hey, any chance you can come by this weekend to shoot your uh, scenes? I'm like, um, I mean, yeah, I, I guess. I, I, you know, I told him I had to check with you because we were supposed to record. Um, I, of course, I had to okay it with my wife. And I said it was fine. Or I, I actually told him that, and he says, well, maybe you can come on Tuesday. I'm like, well, <laughs> I have to work on Tuesday. Yeah, maybe after work. No, <laughs> because I have to drive from Seattle to Olympia in rush hour traffic. Yeah, yeah. It's just, uh, you know, I could leave there from work, or I could head there from work at, at like, you know, 4 p.m. and be there by like 2 in the morning. <laughs> <laughs> um, But, uh, yeah, so I mean, I was supposed to shoot on Saturday and ended up not. So that's, that's where we are. That's my story. But it's like this mustache takes so fucking long to grow out that I, I just I trimmed it a little bit, but I'm leaving it long because I don't want to have to regrow the whole thing. Yeah, I was gonna say Silas told you to shave it off, and I could just see him being like, "No, can can you come back in like two days?" <laughs> it's like, hmm. <laughs> um, for any new listeners who don't know what we're talking about, Tony and I are both cast in a uh, independent horror film called They Reach. You can check us out at theyreach.com. Um, the the crowdfunding uh, campaign is not open anymore, but you can still contribute by picking one of the one of the the fucking parks. Fucking parks, bro. Yeah, uh, on Indiegogo, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's still going on. Um, like Tony said, we're in the middle of filming. We're both just kind of waiting around now, waiting for yeah. that call. I mean, I have a pretty minor role. I mean, probably in the grand scheme of things, fairly forgettable, but. Um, I mean, Taylor's playing a pretty prominent role in it, um, so you'll see a lot of him. Sorry. A lot of that face, this mess. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, you've got all your, because it takes place in two time periods, 1969 and 1979. Correct. You've got all your 69 shot. <laughs> you did all your 69s. I did all my 69ing, yeah. <laughs> uh, cool. Cool, cool, cool. Yeah. <laughs> I did all my 69ing and they reach around. <laughs> uh, yeah. Got to, I didn't work with a blood cannon, but there was one in, in one of my shots. That was fun. Except that like, uh, Silas really wanted this one sh- shot to be like a, a, a wanner. Like he didn't want to cut and, and, you know, reset. Uh, so I was basically pulled off frame 
and I'm tucked into this tight space with Silas and the art director, Adam, um, tucked into like the, basically this closet and they launched this fucking blood cannon, which is basically an air compressor with a, with a PVC pipe attached to it. Um, and this closet is seriously, I mean, it's gotta be like, I don't know, six by two. <laughs> Jeez. And there's three full grown men in there. <laughs> um, and, uh, yeah, we got this one sh- shot, shot the cannon, and it looked from my angle like it was really good, but I think it just didn't work on camera. Yeah. So we, uh, I went back the next night to do it again, and um, <laughs> like I had to shoot that scene on my first day, so I had to go home. We d- we didn't wrap until about two o'clock in the morning, and then I had to drive the hour home. So I think I mean, and I stopped at the store to get stuff to get blood out of my costume because <laughs> I only had one costume. <clears throat> so um, yeah, I do that. So I ended, didn't end up getting home till like three thirty, and I'm due back on set at noon the next day. Oh shit! Um, and so I go home. I go immediately to bed. I get up at like nine, and I'm, or maybe it was eight, eight or nine, and I'm. You know, I throw my stuff in the laundry, um, and uh, then I've got to iron it, and then I got to get back down to Olympia. And I'm like, I, I texted Brian Silas. I said, "Hey guys, I'm trying to get blood out of my costume right now. I'm probably not going to be there by noon." And I ended up getting there at like one, but kind of looked like maybe they're still setting up, so I don't think anybody missed me. That's good. Yeah, but uh, it all went really well. Um, I was working with a uh, guy playing my partner, Jason. And um, the the girl playing Cheddar, uh, Eden, uh, it was really fun working with them. I haven't worked with the kids yet, but I, I do have scenes with with all three of the the chitlins. Right? <laughs> have you have you met them at the uh, table read? I mean, not not aside from that though. No. Okay. Uh, yeah. I mean, uh, Mary Madeline, who's playing Jessica, is the lead, lead role. She's she, she's a sweetheart. Eden's really nice. Um, uh, Ethan, is that guy playing James? James. The kid? Sam? Sam, sorry. Morgan? Morgan, wow. (laughs) This is (laughs) all wrong. Um, haven't met him. Um, but, uh, there's that. Anyway. But, I mean, from what I could see, everything's going more or less pretty smoothly. And uh, I think what Silas wanted to have everything done by the end of February, right? Is that what he said? I think so. So um, I, I don't know how on track it is, but everything, as far as I could see, I mean, aside from what uh, you, what you might expect from a film set, everything seems to be running running right along. So that's good. Yeah, I know they're shooting for a uh, Halloween release. Release all over your face. They reach around <laughs> and then release. Silas said he's going to go for an R rating. He basically said, fuck it. Oh, really? Yeah. Yes! <laughs> oh, I'm going to say cunt on screen. <laughs> Just completely out of place. <laughs> From a fucking priest. <laughs> Just right. Just throw it at the, end, one, at the end of one of my lines. Be like, you fucking cunt. <laughs> Just cut. Taylor, why did you say that? I was just feeling it in the scene, in the, in the moment. <laughs> I, feel, it felt right. I feel like that's what my character would say. <laughs> um, 
yeah. Taylor, can we not call the children cunts, please? <laughs> uh, fun stuff. Yeah. Oh, man. Mean, we'll, we'll keep you guys abreast of it. Developments. Like I said, shooting for a, a Halloween release. Yeah. Oh, and my character in every scene he's in. I mean, I'm only in like two or three scenes. Um, and in the in the scope of the film, they're all sequential. Um Almost. Actually, I think there's one separate from the other. But um, I'm, I'm smoking. Every time, like every minute I'm on screen, I'm smoking. So it's like I haven't smoked in a long time. I mean, like not habitually. Um, and so, like, <laughs> it's like when I started. Because when they were filming the uh, the proof of concept for They Reach, the, the, the trailer. Um, or I guess that wasn't the proof of concept. That was... The trailer that Silas and Cody filmed. Oh, the the short. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Um, Silas was telling me that he actually got <laughs> uh, nicotine poisoning oh, no because shit. he was on he just take after take and he's like actually like taking like full drags off of these cigarettes. And he's like, dude, I got so sick, so just be careful. I'm like, oh, I yeah, I'm probably just gonna take a couple drags off each one and you know just let it burn. And, I mean, that's pretty much what I did, but still. Like for a few days afterwards, my throat was just so fucking raw. <laughs> like God, I can't chief like this anymore. Um, but uh, I went through a pack and a half of cigarettes in two days of shooting. Holy shit! Yeah, because you know it's like I'd get through like maybe two takes with a cigarette, and then I'd have to butt yeah. it out and light a new one because I knew it wouldn't make it through that third take. Yeah. So, yeah, I'm I'm just now starting to kind of you know, get past that. But man, my throat was fucked. Jeez. Anyway. So yeah, that's they reach. Look for it uh, as we work on it more. Anything else you want to chat about? Um, No, not really. Okay. We should probably thank our Patreon patrons before we get too far. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yes, thank you to our Patreon patrons. Uh, those are Kevin Nescota, Jordan Morrison, Kevin Trent, Joshua Hodges, Carlos Rodella, The Horror Addicts, and of course, Max Health. Thank you so much, guys, for contributing. Uh, we appreciate it very much. Taylor, if anybody would else, anybody else, anybody would else. Wood, wood elves? <laughs> wood elves. Keebler elves. <laughs> if anybody else would like to contribute to the show and help us keep putting out this awful nonsense where can they go patreon.com slash grave plot podcast yeah perks for as little as a dollar yes exclusive content uh discounts on grave plot podcast merchandise uh all kinds of cool random shit that no one needs or wants <laughs> <laughs> okay so i guess from there maybe we just go into some horror business no no oh right this is a very special episode. It guys. is two special episodes in a row. How about that? Uh, this is the 2017 third annual Grave Plot Awards. So, probably gonna cut that out. Put in the real music. What's the Looney Tunes thing? Something. It's time to light the lights. That's the Muppet Show. That's the Muppet Show. What's the What's the Looney Tunes one? Um, 
that has like the similar lyrics. Yeah, it's um, on, like on with the show. This is it. Yeah. I, I don't remember the rest of the words. So let's go live now to your hosts, Skeletoni and Taylor of Terror. Like, I'm gonna rename this place Toby Keys. Fuck this fucking bar. <laughs> it's like, yeah, that sounds about right. <laughs> What's yeah. that? I'm getting something in my ear. Oh, shit, we're live? Oh, oh, okay. oh, thank, thanks, guys. We are here on the red carpet at the uh, famous theater this where they have award shows. Yeah. <laughs> oh, and Taylor, the stars are out tonight. You know, we've got people from movies. Podcasts and shows alike, and others. <laughs> uh, I see um, fucking um, Ethan Hawk. Ethan Hawk? That's just the, that's the first thing that came to mind. Is he even still doing things? Uh, he was in that vampire movie. Other than that, I don't know. <laughs> Other than that, no. <laughs> oh, and he was in that first. Um, not snatch. <laughs> the perch. Oh, and Sinister. Yeah, he was in Sinister. Yeah, he's, he's doing some things. He's in a lot of bad movies. <laughs> but, you know, he's, you know, he's here. <laughs> I was looking for... Um, what's that fucking guy? From Cooties? Uh, North. <laughs> uh... It's just Ethan Hawke. That's in your head now, isn't it? No, I think I'm going Ewan McGregor. That's not right. <laughs> Fucking Frodo. Yeah, that guy. That's why you can't find him, because he's so little. We're looking around for him, trying to find him, because we know he's here somewhere. Like, kind of the biggest role of his life. That's not the one I go to. I go to fucking North. <laughs> Elijah Wood. That's the one. Everyone here has a name that starts with E. Ewan McGregor is here. Ethan Suppley is here. Ethan Embry. Yeah, they're all. He's actually up for an award tonight, yeah, so he of is. course he's here. Um, and you know, others, people, and like, the rest, people that we actually like are here as well. <laughs> no, I like Ethan Suppley and Ethan Embry. Yeah, not, not so much in like Devil's Candy. I liked him in uh, Empire Records. He was good in that. <laughs> solid flick, solid flick, and Cheap Thrills. Oh yeah, that's a good movie. He should have been up for Cheap Thrills instead of fucking Devil Candy. <laughs> well, he didn't make Cheap Thrills in 2017. Yeah, well, that's not my problem. <laughs> that's his problem. All right, I think we're ready for our first presentation, so let's go now to our first presenters from the Grave Plot Podcast. It's Skeletoni and Taylor of Terror. Ooh, I like that. You know, there comes a time in every man's life where he has to face down his own demons. Um, you know, sometimes dead is better. <laughs> Welcome to the 2017 Grave Plot Awards. Uh, 
I'm Skeletoni, and I, I am Taylor of Terror. There you go. That guy. <laughs> he wants to I'm here himself. also. <laughs> Do you keep looking at the camera that's not on? <laughs> yes. No. <laughs> anyway, uh, so we're here on this fine evening with Ethan Hawke. <laughs> All right, and don't do the Frodo. same bit. Let's get on with the show here. What do you mean the same bit? We're different we're different people. But it's the same bit. Uh, okay. So we are here to present the award for Best TV Actress. I wasn't expecting that one. All right. <laughs> Why not? What were you expecting? I don't know. I was probably just assuming the same order I voted in. No, I think it's reverse of that. Got it. <clears throat> All right, the nominees are. Millie Bobby Brown for Stranger Things. Laura Dern for Twin Peaks. Hannah Gross for Mindhunter. 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 Uh, Millicent. Br- Millicent. 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 <laughs> Sorry, Melissa. <laughs> <laughs> Melissa McBride for The Walking Dead. And Sarah Paulson for American Horror Story Election. Isn't it like the third year in a row that Melissa McBride's been nominated? Yes. <laughs> and the winner is... Millie Bobby Brown for Stranger Things. Bobby B. Bobby B. Here to accept the award on behalf of Millie Bobby Brown is Skeletoni. Oh, you know, I tell you, Millie couldn't be more pleased with this reward. reward. <laughs> um, it's a prestigious award. It's so prestigious. Prest- prest- prestigious. It's one of those words. <laughs> Roads. Limit. 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 <laughs> um, yeah, so she's real happy. She couldn't be here, unfortunately. She had better things to do. But I'm going to take this, and I'm going to go to her house and be like, hey, you won this. And she's going to be like, get off oh. my property. She's going to be like, oh, really? <laughs> That's a terrible impression. Get off my land in, in, in London. <laughs> in London town. <laughs> oh, people probably hate us. I mean, I hate us. <laughs> Uh, All right, the next award is for Best TV Actor. The nominees are Cameron Britton for Mindhunter. Gaten Matarazzo for Stranger Things. John C. McGinley for Stand Against Evil. Jeffrey Dean Morgan for The Walking Dead. And Norman Reedus for The Walking Dead. And the winner is... I already know all the winners, so you got to. Oh, okay. I Gait- made I made the, the PowerPoint. Oh. <laughs> Gaten Matarazzo for Stranger Things. <laughs> Accepting the award for Gaten is Taylor of Terror from the Grave Plot Podcast. Uh, you know, Gaten really wishes he could be here, but his name doesn't start with an E, so unfortunately, he wasn't invited. <laughs> <laughs> But he, how'd we get in? <laughs> we're we're throwing the shindig. <laughs> this is our party. Uh, but he's when we told him that he won the award, he said, "Who? <laughs> what are you people doing here?" 
How did you get this uh, phone number? <laughs> but congratulations to Gaten and all the nominees. Yes, quite. Most. Quite. Moving on, next award is for Best TV Show. The nominees are... This is Horror TV Show, by the way, just so everybody knows. Yeah, it seems like that should be implied. But because, I mean, if it would have been Best TV Show, I would have voted for Big Bang Theory. I hate you. That's not true. I wouldn't, I wouldn't have voted for I that, that ever. fucking show. <laughs> the nominees are American Horror Story, Election. Stranger Things. How do I keep getting Stranger Things? Nominees? People nominated it. Huh? But I mean, like, I'm the one that keeps saying them. Oh, I don't know. <laughs> Twin Peaks, The Return. And The Walking Dead. And the winner is... Stranger Things! Hey, that's a clean sweep. Hey, good for them, the hat trick. That's what they call it. Good f- good for them. Um, yeah. So are we accepting the award for anyone? <laughs> uh, Tony was accepting the award on behalf of Ross Duffer, and I am accepting on behalf of Other Duffer. And they were like, dude, bro. Bro. <laughs> Thanks. <We> what? <laughs> Thanks, bro, for this wonderful honor. Of something. <laughs> yeah. Meant a few words. <laughs> uh, moving on to everyone's favorite category, best nude or sex scene. I still think this one was missing someone. Someone very special to us all. <laughs> well, that's your fault for not nominating it. Well, fuck me, right? Nominees are Mark Duplis for Creep 2. For hanging dong. <laughs> Steven Yoon and uh, Samara Weaving for Mayhem. Ruth Ramos for The Untamed. And Nikki Wallen for Peelers. And the winner is. <laughs> In a surprising upset, <laughs> Mark Duplass for Creep 2. Here to accept the award is Mark Duplass's dick. No, no, no. <laughs> Get away from my face. Get a haircut, hippie. <laughs> All right, up next is everyone's second favorite, best gore and effects. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. This one had quite a few nominees. It did. Nominees are Brawl in Cell Block 99. Uh, Cult of Chucky. Dave Made a Maze. That's a tongue twister. Quite. It. Life. Victor Crowley. And The Void. And the winner is... The Void. Is there anything I would say? Oh, yeah. At least I think, I mean... Aside from Victor Crowley, this is probably the only movie with a strong utilization of practical effects. So very well-deserved. Quite, quite, quite. Congratulations, Void. (laughs) The Void. Here to accept the award is The Void. Get the hook. (laughs) <laughs> all right our next award goes to hang on next award is for best actress 
The nominees are Desiree, I don't know how to pronounce this, Akavan for Creep 2. Yeah, go with that. Fiona Dorif for Cult of Chucky. Carla Gugino for Gerald's Game. Sally Hawkins for The Shape of Water. Sophia Lillis for It. And Samara Weaving for Mayhem and The Babysitter. Uh, That's cheating. (laughs) Kind of, (laughs) yeah. And the winner is... No. Sophia Lillis for It. That sounds so excited. Well, just, you know. <laughs> I mean, she was good for a kid. It's like when you're watching like a basketball game and they're like, it's time for the dance off. And it's some like guy who like pops and locks and then it's some little kid. And you're like, well, like, everyone's going to vote for the little kid. Right. Yeah. I mean, she was really good for a kid. <laughs> I mean, you know, for an adult, she was pretty good. But I tell you, I voted for Carla Gugino because she, she more or less carried a movie by herself. It's true. And my God, she's she's just great. <laughs> so oh, hi, Sophia. Here, here's your trophy. Oh, yeah. You know, <laughs> whatever. Bye. <laughs> All right, moving on to best actor. I feel like I'm going to be let down with this one, too. Nominees are Ethan Embry, The Devil's Candy. <laughs> hey, Ethan, we see ya. We see ya. Damn the man, right? Save the empire? <laughs> yeah, a movie I did like 20 years ago. <laughs> um, Chad Everhart for Everlasting. Daniel Kaluuya for Get Out. Barry Keoghan for The Killing of a Sacred Deer. James McAvoy for Split. And Bill Skarsgård for, er, excuse me, Bill Skarsgård for it. And the winner is Bill Skarsgård for it. You didn't, did you not like it? (laughs) No, I did, but I didn't see. Okay. So who'd you vote for? I voted for Skarsgård. See, I voted for James McAvoy because Bill Skarsgård was using um, makeup and uh, crazy costumes and a funny voice and and computer effects to make his character real. James McAvoy played four different people on his own with nothing. I voted for Skarsgård because I expected him to be terrible and he was really good. <laughs> So he exceeded my expectations more than most. You know, that's like the equivalent of like a participation trophy, right? You're the equivalent of a participation trophy. (laughs) Whatever, man. Moving on to best director. The nominees are Darren Aronofsky for Mother. Dial it back there, chief. There's exclamation point. I have to. Yorgos Lan... Oh, boy. Lanthimos. Did you do that on purpose? Nope. (laughs) They're just in alphabetical order. Uh, for the killing of a th- the sacred, 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 sacred deer. <laughs> Andre Muschietti for It. And Jordan Peele for Get Out. And the winner is... Oh, I forgot to say, the all-male directors are... <laughs> Jordan Peele for Get Out. I'm okay with that. Me too. 
Good. Hey, Tony's happy with one of the selections finally. I, as far as uh, directorial work goes, I think he did an amazing job. Get um, Out was fantastic. Yeah, I mean, it was done really well too. But you know what? Whereas Muschietti uh, kind of came in as a replacement director, Jordan Peele, I mean, he wrote the fucking thing, and he's been there since the beginning. He saw it from its infancy, infancy up to the screen, and uh, it, was, it was just an amazing film. Quite. All right, now time for best horror comedy. Now, just to let you know, these are horror movies that are also funny. Thank you for explaining that. That's a horror comedy. The nominees are Another Evil. The Babysitter. Better Watch Out. Cult of Chucky. Little Evil. And Peelers. And the winner is... Better Watch Out. I am shocked. Yeah. Or did, I don't know. did our don't, weight, did our weighted averages? Don't worry come? about it. <laughs> okay. Uh, congratulations to Chris Peckover and the cast and crew of Better Watch Out. Yeah, congratulations, guys. We're very proud of you. That um, we and our audience liked your film. <laughs> Should have planned that out better. You good make movie time. <laughs> Happy Fork. Happy Fork. <laughs> Happy Fork. <laughs> uh, up next is the best horror. Actually, before we get best horror movie, uh, we have a Lifetime Achievement Award we want to hand out. Yeah. And uh, unfortunately, the past two years, this has kind of become a memoriam award. Yeah. Which makes the name a little morbid, but... Um, <laughs> <laughs> Just a bit. Uh, this year, the award goes to Mr. George A. Romero. Mm. Yeah. Thank you, Tony. I mean, okay. I mean, the man's a legend. Yeah. All right, moving on. <laughs> I just, I mean, honestly, if I were to pick, like, movies by, of his that I would watch on repeat, there's, like, two of them. Monkey shines and <laughs> yep, totally. <laughs> no, I mean, Night of Living Dead and Dawn of the Dead. I, I, I don't, any others? I probably just or no. Okay, three. I'd watch Creep Show. But other than that, but you can't deny the impact he's had on the genre. I guess. Don't I, th- I guess? I think he was trying to take it down in a blaze of glory too. <laughs> Road of the Dead. Fuck off. <laughs> All right. Moving on to. I best. mean, I don't like to speak ill of the dead, but I mean. I calls him as I sees him. Best horror movie of 2017. This is the big kahuna. The guys. nominees are Get Out. It. Mother. And The Shape of Water. And the winner is... It. Yay. Hey. Are you happy about this one? Because you had a problem with every other It winner. No, it's fine. <laughs> it's fine. I mean, I would have gone with It or Get Out. I think I voted for it. Yeah. I don't remember my votes. I only remember... I remember two of my votes. Um, yeah. So, I mean, it was a fantastic movie. It delivered on, I'd say, probably about 95% of the subject material. Um, I would yeah. say, by far, the, the funnest horror movie of 2017. Yeah, I mean... Most for, enjoyable to watch. Uh, this movie attracted an audience that I think horror wasn't before. 
Yeah. Like, like people, and you know, granted, I think a lot of it had to do with the hype train, but this drew in an audience of people that are just typically not into horror. But now these people are not only speaking the praises of a horror movie, it made it one of the biggest um, opening weekends and one of the highest grossing films, not only in horror, but in history. Um, and I mean, that's, that's remarkable, especially when it's a rated R film. Yeah. Um, so yeah, good for, good for it. (laughs) And that's going to do it for the 2017 grave plot awards. Let's send it back to Skeletoni and Taylor of Terror in the studio. Thanks, guys. It's, uh, you know, it's nice to hear another year of awards. I don't know. Whatever. You are bad at this. I'm not. In a, <laughs> what am I? Some kind of awards speaker you know, guy? I'm going to replace you with that guy who hosted the show. He was much better. <laughs> not Skeletoni, the other one. Yeah, you would. I would. If I you could probably have a, want to fuck it. I could have another me here. That would be amazing. Oh, that'd be intolerable. <laughs> anyway, so I hope you guys had fun with that. We sure did. With what? But three iterations of ourselves. <laughs> um, and now on with the show, right? Yeah, let's uh, let's do some horror business. All right. Okay, starting out with some real-world horror. Uh, I can't see that. That's too far away. Too far, too far. <laughs> trying to make it bigger. That's what she said. Thank you. So back in 2012, uh, in the great city of New York, New York, New York. Yeah? Uh-huh. <laughs> Transylvania 6, right? That was... Anyway. <laughs> um. A former NYPD police officer was arrested for um, cannibalism (laughs) or attempted cannibalism. Anyway, I'm going to read this along with you guys. This always goes so well. (laughs) It's going really well so far. Uh, Gilberto Valley, um, who, as I said, was a former NYPD police officer, was arrested in 2012 after his then wife found disturbing posts about an urge to kill and to consume women on their shared computer. Okay. He's not consuming women on the computer. (laughs) The post was. Anyway. Um, uh, During his trial, he maintained maintained his innocence, and he was eventually vindicated after successfully arguing that his cannibalistic curiosity was all part of a deviant but fictional sexual fantasy. That's fucking twisted. That's Doc. That's fucking Doc, dude. Do you ever get the urge to eat, you know, just take a little nibble out of your girlfriend? Nope. Just eat her. Just eat her a little bit. <laughs> nope. Just, just, a little, just a little earlobe or something. Um, yeah, me neither. <laughs> uh, but good news. He's writing a book. A, a fictional book. <laughs> right. Not about his real adventure into cannibalism. Um, the book is called A Gathering of Evil, and it explores his fascination with killing 
and eating women through the lens of a group of sadists who kidnapped two young new kidnapped two young New Yorkers. There we go. Uh, he conceded that the book is very graphic and not for everyone. Uh, but he insisted that he would never act on a topic in real life. Oh, good. That's like when fucking OJ wrote "If I Had Done It" or something, or yeah. whatever it was called. It was uh, yeah, "If I Did It." Yeah. yeah, like it's like here. Let me dictate how I probably did it, but <laughs> you guys were too stupid to figure it out, right? Because fucking Marshall Wallace just cocked everything up. Fucking Cato. Fucking Cato. <laughs> Um, see, he says, uh, it's a sexual fetish. Um, it's something that I didn't choose and it's something I lived. I didn't choose this life. (laughs) I didn't choose thug life. Thug life chose me. (laughs) Um, he says it's something I live with and that I'm fine with. Um, okay. There's a difference between just accepting who you are and being fine with it. I think. Yeah. There's also a difference between just accepting who you are and getting uh, professional help. Right. Yeah, I mean, maintaining the... I think Charles Manson was fine with who he was. That doesn't make him okay. You know, accepting that you have the urge to kill people is generally going to make people uncomfortable. Yeah. Uh, And then, I mean, when you add in the the little spice that you want to eat them afterwards. Right. Or maybe during, I don't know. I don't know what he's into. Uh, he said the idea to write a novel uh, came after he received positive feedback. I want to meet these people. <laughs> no, I don't. I don't want to meet them. <laughs> They're probably as fucked up as he is. Um, so he received positive feedback over social media for his recent memoir, Raw Deal, colon, the untold, told, yeah, the untold story of NYPD's cannibal cop. He said, I realized I have an ability to tell a story uh, and something... Something coming from me obviously couldn't be romantic comedy or something considering my history. That's kind of like Charles Manson when he tried to write a song with the Beach Boys. <laughs> yep. Uh, he says, if this book does decent, I assume he meant decently, uh, there would definitely be a sequel. And maybe he should fix his grammar before he starts writing a book. What a shithead. <laughs> Thinks he wants to be an author. <laughs> <laughs> What did you can't even use an adverb correctly. Anyway. So you gonna check this out? No. <laughs> <laughs> I mean but maybe we should. I don't know. Maybe if the book fails, he's gonna actually kill and eat someone. <laughs> That's true. It's gonna put him into a deep depression. It's just the only way to the only way to pull himself out of the darkness is to eat somebody. Harness their spirit. Gain their courage. Right. <laughs> just gonna dig their hearts out of their chests and eat them. I mean, you know, shit happens. Or you eat their brains and gain their knowledge. Then maybe he'll learn how to use that adverb. <laughs> <laughs> Fucker. Asshole. <laughs> All right. On to the next story. Got a black magic woman. I've got a black magic woman Got me so blind I can see Alright, so we talked before about how uh, There's a new Sabrina comic Which is all fucking dark So fucking dark 
And then we talked again about how they were going to make a new TV show out of it. Did we know at the time that it was going to be Netflix? I think originally it was supposed to be CW. That's what I thought. But I mean, I think um, Riverdale already has a Sabrina. Oh, really? I, I mean, I think so. I mean, they have Josie and the Pussycats, so I assume they had some. Oh, do they? Yeah. Hmm. Hmm. Anyway. Curious. Well, yeah, it's going to be on Netflix, <clears throat> and uh, they finally cast their Sabrina. It's going to be Kiernan Shipka, who is probably best known as Sally Draper from Mad Men. That's how I know her. Uh, also in the Black Coat's daughter with Emma Roberts. Wobbits. I always get... All my Emma's confused. The Dwed like, Wabbits. Emma Thompson? No, that's not it. No, no, no. Emma Watson? Nope, that's not it either. Just remember, she's Eric Roberts' niece. Also, uh, Jessica... Uh, Julia. Julia. <laughs> Who's Jessica Roberts? I don't fucking know. Maybe maybe that's Emma Roberts' dad. Or mom. <laughs> dad? <laughs> don't you stifle him. We don't judge here at the Grave Plot Podcast. Yeah, I mean, they call you Taylor. That's a girl name. So is Tony, if you spell it with an I. <laughs> they ever tell you about when my friend uh, was dating a girl named Tony with an I? That's not what her name was. It was just Tony spelled <laughs> with an I. No. That was a confusing time. <laughs> uh, I didn't like the idea that he was maybe calling my name during sex. <laughs> maybe, probably, definitely was. <laughs> yeah. Uh. Uh, so the show is just going to be called Sabrina. Sabrina is an empowered young woman who is half human, half witch. And Sabrina is just beginning her dark education as a sorceress, even if she tries to maintain a normal life as a sophomore at Baxter High. Intelligent, compassionate, and brave to the point of recklessness, Sabrina is all that stands between us and the forces of darkness that threaten our world. Oh, fuck me. <clears throat> That's fucking dark. <laughs> yeah, like we said, this is a, a much different take on Sabrina than the uh, Melissa Joan Hart version yeah, not so much geared towards kids, geared towards young you know, adults, young probably. Adults. Yeah. Adults. Uh, as we said, it's based on the new comic book, The Chilling Adventures of Sabrina, which reimagines the origin and adventures of Sabrina the Teenage Witch as a dark coming-of-age story that traffics in horror, the occult, and, of course, witchcraft. Uh, they compare it to Rosemary's Baby and The Exorcist, which is kind of lofty. I don't know. I mean, I'm not, okay. I'm not sure how Rosemary's Baby factors in. Is there Satanism in it? I mean, the occult. Well, yeah, it's true. So there's that. Uh, the series is written by Roberto Aguirre Sacasa, who was the creator of the comic. So he's he's going to be deeply involved. So deep. Yeah. Just deeply. Deeper and deeper. Uh, it already has a two-season order. So Netflix is... Wait, what? It already has a two-season order. Oh, two-season. <laughs> I think you said it already has two Zs in order. I'm like, I don't know what that means. <laughs> There's no Zs in order. Is that, a, is that an industry term that I'm not familiar with? <laughs> Idiot. <laughs> Fuck me. Oh, this show's going really well. <laughs> so, yeah, are you, are you going to check this out? I mean, sure, yeah. My girlfriend's super into it, which is weird. Really? Yeah. I told my wife about it, and I said, hey, wife, <laughs> they're making a um, a new Sabrina show. It's like, oh, yeah? Yeah. It's going to be really dark and occult-based. She's like, oh. <laughs> I'm out. My wife insists that she likes horror, and I just don't believe her. 
Does she? Huh? Does she say that? I mean, not to the, not to the degree that we do, obviously. Obviously. She says, I mean, she basically says that she doesn't not like horror. But I don't know. I don't believe it. <laughs> See, my girlfriend says that she hates horror, but not because like it scares her. She just thinks it's dumb. I mean, she's scared of it. <laughs> she tell her I said that. She just she she wants too much backstory on stuff, and it's just I don't know. I'm like that's not how things work. I mean, you know, I was like, why is that guy doing that? I'm like, oh, because he's fucking crazy. <laughs> but why? I don't know. It's don't ask dumb questions. But it's like maybe they'll get there. I don't. Watch the fucking thing. Yeah. But she was into this. I told her about it and she was like, oh, that's good casting. Yeah. I mean, I have a hard time seeing her as a protagonist because I just. Because she's such a bitch on Mad Men. Yeah. I just imagine her as a bitchy little girl. And uh, Kimmy Schmidt. She played oh, her half sister. Right. Kimmy. Uh, Kimmy. <laughs> she plays a little bitch on that too. It's true. So maybe she's. Kind of typecast as a little bitch, I think. Maybe she's just gonna be a little witch. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you! <laughs> so uh, uh, check out Sabrina on Netflix. Did later. you watch Black Coat's Daughter? Nope. I watched like ten minutes of it and I turned it off. I when I like, found life's out life's too short. <laughs> when I found out it was from the guy who did the Pretty Little Thing that lives in the house somewhere down the street in the place <laughs> on a hill. I was just like, nope, not going to watch that. Yeah. I've, well, it's like I watched it because I'm like, well, maybe this guy can make him a good movie. I've heard a lot of good things about this. And then, like I said, 10 minutes into it, I'm just like, life's too short to sit through this shit. <laughs> and uh, put the kibosh on it. Kibosh. So check out Sabrina on Netflix someday. Uh, oh, no, um, no release date. I just said someday. That's that's not a release date. Are you done? Are you quite finished? Yeah. All right, um, so Stephen King, guess what? Working on a new book. Oh, really? Is it going to be adapted into a TV show or movie? Oh, probably. <laughs> I'm going to bet that it probably is. They're probably already buying up the rights for it. To me, like, I don't know, CBS or something. <laughs> CBS. <laughs> Why not? FXX. There you go. Two. <laughs> it's titled The Outsider. It's about uh, the greasers and the socias. It's about Kevin Nash. And Scott Hall. No, it isn't. <laughs> it should be. Uh, it's uh, going to be released on May 22nd of this year. Uh, it's going to be about 576 pages, so it's going to... About. <laughs> about. Um, yeah, it's a very specific number to say about. Yeah, exactly. Um, like one page off would have made more sense, like 575. Right. Anyway, so that's going to be one of more, his more lengthy books. Which is saying something. Right. Uh, it's, the story is an 11-year-old boy's violated corpse. Okay. Oh, my. Off to a really good start here. Uh, is found in a town park. Eyewitnesses and fingerprints point un- unmistakably to one of Flint City's most popular citizens. He is Terry Maitland, Little League coach, 
English teacher, husband, and the father of two girls. Detective Ralph Anderson, whose son Maitland once coached, orders a quick and very public arrest. Maitland has an alibi, but but Anderson and the dis- district attorney soon add DNA evidence to go with the fingerprints and witnesses. Their case seems ironclad. As the investigation expands and horrifying answers begin to emerge, King's propulsive story kicks into high gear, generating strong tension and almost unbearable suspense. Terry Maitland seems like a nice guy, but is he wearing another face? When the answer comes, it will shock you as only Stephen King can. This sounds a lot like um, the Mr. Mercedes books. I mean, I, I think Stephen King hasn't been so much writing horror as much as he did in, the, in his younger years. More like thriller, crime. Thrillers, yeah, crime dramas. Um, I mean, like the, the Bill Hodges tr- uh, trilogy, Mr. Mercedes. Um, shit, what's the middle one? The middle one <laughs> and end of watch. Um, all cop dramas. Um, two of the three are pretty good. But this talks about this guy wearing a different face, so maybe it's like a face-off thing. It's probably probably not literal, but what do I know? Um. Anyway, yeah. looking forward to this. I mean, I always look forward to Stephen King books. So I mean, when or if I actually ever actually read it, who knows? There's, I've read like a percentage of his books, so it's just a matter of when I get to it. Yeah, but. uh yeah. Another Stephen King book means it's something I can get my dad for his birthday. <laughs> there you go. Cool. Cool, cool, cool. It's another book that Kevin knows Goda can read in a fucking hour. Pretend to read. Pretend. This is like just pretend speed reading. Just like, hmm, hmm, hmm. Yeah. And then he reads the back. <laughs> yeah. Like, that's, that's what the book was about. That's how I did book reports in high school. <laughs> I do like, I mean, I'd usually read the book, but if I didn't, yeah, I just read the back, and if there was a movie about it, I'd watch the movie and just <laughs> kind of put it together. Yeah, sounds about right. <laughs> Something else. Something else. All right, so if there's one horror franchise that we've been craving for so long to come back and create more content, it's Critters. Uh, right? Uh, Anybody? Bueller? Taylor's uh, Taylor Taylor's uh, opinion does not represent the opinion <laughs> of the Great Fly Podcast. Uh, well, good news, folks who love Critters. There's a new TV show coming out. Oh, boy. Called Critters... Colon, a new binge. Oh, man. Is this going to be on the Sci-Fi channel? Nope. This is going to be on Verizon's Go90 app. Oh, okay. (laughs) Uh, It's going to be produced by Blue Ribbon Content and Warner Brothers Television Group. Uh, For those of you who don't know Critters for some reason, (laughs) (laughs) there was four films from 1986 (laughs) to 1992 which pitted the invading Krites against bounty hunters from outer space, often with humans stuck in the middle. So dumb. <laughs> These are the worst movies. 
They're so fucking bad. Uh, in the new uh, or a new binge, which is what does that mean? <laughs> uh, the critters return to Earth in search of their in search of one of their kin who was left behind years ago during an earlier mission. They land in Burbank, California, where they recap. It's havoc- great to be back in Burbank, Johnny. Goulet. <laughs> they land in Burbank, California, where they wreak havoc on a group of high schoolers and their families. Neat. <laughs> um, kind of sounds like Alf. <laughs> <laughs> except like, like except like a shitty Alf. <laughs> <laughs> Alf was left behind by his people. Milmackians. Yeah, is that what they are? Just Milmackians? I guess so. <laughs> Oh, <laughs> seems legit. That seems like something they'd be called. Um, now, the interesting part about this mm. is that. This oh, so there is something interesting <laughs> about this. Uh, this is going to be written and executive produced by Jordan Rubin, John Kaplan, and Al Kaplan, which is the creative team behind Zombievers. That is interesting. <laughs> and Rubin will direct. Hmm. It's also going to be produced by Rupert Harvey and Barry Opper, who are from the original film franchise. Oh, no. (laughs) Oh, no. (laughs) We don't need them hanging around. (laughs) It's like, you know, sometimes when they make, when they revive an old franchise, you want somebody from the original involved because you think they're going to kind of infuse it with that, that magic juice from the originals. This one, no, not so much. (laughs) I think it'd be better left alone. But I surprisingly liked Zombievers. Yeah, it it was schlocky as fuck, but it was supposed to be. It's called Zombievers. Well, yeah. But like, I don't think Critters necessarily started out like with the intention of being just shitty schlocky horror. Just ended up that way. Yeah. But... uh, so you're, you're stoked is what you're saying. Yeah, I'm so amped. You're all about this. You're downloading Go90 right now. I already have Go90. There they you go. They actually have like a horror series on there. That's, I thought it was like, especially, oh, Christ. I thought it was made for Go90, but it's actually just a series of short films by, you know, independent directors. Um, It's got a hit and miss, but some of them are pretty good. What's it called? Don't remember. All right. It's a ringing endorsement. <laughs> But as soon as I know, I'll let you know. <laughs> All right. You don't have Verizon, so you can't watch it. No. I could I could figure it out. <laughs> I get the idea. I know it sounds bad, but it's all good. These are things. Take from present. I know it sounds bad, but it's all good. These are things. Take from present. I know it sounds bad, but it's all good. So, you guys remember Tales from the Hood? Sure. It's surprisingly good. Yeah. I mean, you see something called Tales from the Hood, and you just expect fucking garbage. You think like it's going to be like some black exploitation Tales from the Crypt knockoff? I mean, which it kind of was. Kind of, but <laughs> but it was good. I don't know if it, I would consider it black exploitation though. It was like they were taking it back. <laughs> a black empowerment? Yeah. Does that mean, would that be the opposite? I guess so, yeah. yeah. I mean, it was directed by a black guy, so at least there's that. Right. Um, anyway, 
the director, Rusty Cundiff. Kun, I can't read that far. Yeah, Cundiff. Cundiff. Cundiff? It's probably just Cundiff. Okay. <laughs> he went to Twitter and recently made the reveal that Tales from the Hood 2 is currently in development. In, in that tweet, he said, or, well, in, the, in a tweet that has since been deleted, he revealed that an image. Revealed an image from his location scouting with the caption, In New Orleans, location scouting for Tales from the Hood from the Hood 2. This is part of Anne Rice's old home and where she held the Lestat parties. So that's kind of neat. Yeah, sounds like it's going to take place in New Orleans. Yeah, spooky town. Yeah. Spoopy. Maybe it's going to be a little, little voodoo inspired? Probably. 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 <laughs> <laughs> uh, Little Victor Crowley crossover, probably not. Probably not. <laughs> um, but no, I mean, there's definitely got to be some voodoo going on. Uh, I mean, why they need to do it in New Orleans? Well, actually, New Orleans is surprisingly cheap to film in. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Um, we were watching. Um, what was it? Uh, my, my my wife and I we were watching. What was it? Oh, uh, Bad Moms, the movie Mila Kunis and Kristen Bell. Uh-huh. It's actually kind of funny. Okay, I'll take your word for it. <laughs> Asshole. Anyway, we were watching that, and it takes place in, I think, Philadelphia or uh, Pennsylvania somewhere. I think East Coast. Um, but they actually filmed it in New Orleans. That's why they were doing like this car scene it wasn't really a chase scene she was just driving really fast but like she's driving down these roads and i was like that looks a lot like the roads we were driving in 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 new orleans and i looked it up and yeah they filmed it in new orleans so anyway it's really cheap to film there um that's why actually a lot of shows do film there (sighs) where am i going anyway so after his tweet was deleted um he later shared an image from the original movie with a less definitive caption, but one that still makes it clear that the sequel is happening. Um, he said, can't scream it, but uh, yeah. <laughs> so what do you think? Cool. <laughs> yeah. I wasn't exactly like begging for a Tales from the Hood sequel, but... Well, no. But I mean, if they can do a movie that's at least as good as the original, then I'm... I'm for it. Are they going to bring back, what's his name? Clarence uh, Brown. Is that, was, that his, was that his name? I think so. Okay, from uh, from Half-Baked. <laughs> yes, Cuban B. <laughs> <laughs> Best line from the movie. Oh, I love that guy. <laughs> He's so fucking creepy. <laughs> yeah, uh, I hope they bring him back. Yeah, definitely. I mean... I mean, the reveal at the end, you know, you find out that they're actually in hell and not a funeral home. <laughs> um, I mean, that that bullet has been shot. I mean, you can't you can't put the bullet back in the barrel. <laughs> right. So I wonder... I mean, if they're going to reuse that character, then you're not going to have that big reveal at the end. You got to come up with something else. You're basically already know gonna know that he's Satan. <laughs> Clarence Williams. Williams. Why did I think it was Brown? Oh, maybe I was thinking of Clancy Brown. 
because they look so much alike. It's just the Claire, it's Clancy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, hey, Mr. Squidward. <laughs> anyway. So, yeah. Cool. You know, I mean, the the uh, the political climate is is ripe for a movie such as this. Yeah, that's. I mean, it's same as it was in the early '90s. Um, Very true. I mean, you know, still kind of fresh off of the uh, the Rodney King uh, riots and um, just all the. I mean, mo- most of it took place in you know South Central LA, right? Uh, kind of the hot spot for all that that racial tension in the in the late '80s and early '90s. So. Um, yeah, I mean, for that to necessarily translate to modern day in New Orleans, I don't really see it. But I mean, I think a good place for it to be set would be like America. <laughs> yeah, like all of America. <laughs> yeah, it's like any town USA. <laughs> right. Like literally any town. <laughs> yeah, I guess that's true. I mean, it's not except really... for like Alabama or something. <laughs> right. Well, maybe it should be set in Alabama. Maybe you should. Go Doug Jones. <laughs> um, Do it, Doug. <laughs> oh, neat. Okay. Anything else to say? No. Okay. So here's the story Tony's been waiting for all day. Um, I'm so upset with him right now. You might want to turn down the volume on this one, folks. So, uh, Tommy Blum, also known as Jason Blum. Also known as the mortal enemy also, of the Great Podcast. Also known as Blumhouse. Uh, More like Cumhouse. Wants Got to do Got a, him. a crossover between its Insidious franchise and uh, the Sinister franchise. <laughs> And you know what? I'm fine with it. I'm fine with this because it's like you know when you're in a porta potty and several people take a shit into the same spot. It doesn't matter. It's all shit. <laughs> so you're just putting shit on top of shit. So what does it matter? You're just you're just taking two shitty, fucking awful franchises and putting them together. Why not? Fuck it. <laughs> I'm fine. I'm not angry. You're angry. <laughs> is Insidious Blumhouse? I don't actually. I don't yes. think. It is. is it? Is Sinister? Yes. They're all they're all Blumhouse because I'm pretty sure Blumhouse uh, and James Wan might have each other's hands in their pockets in each other's pockets, and there's holes cut out in the pockets. <laughs> they're just jerking each other off. I'm not saying that. Taylor's saying I that. I said it. I said it. Uh, during uh, an interview with a Brazilian website called Cinepop, uh, Jason Blum confirmed that there were hopes for more Insidious after the last key for some reason. You know, I see people saying like, oh, it's so awesome that he's making a movie and the the lead character is. uh, What's her name? Lynn Shea. Lynn Shea. And I'm like, yeah, that's great. Lynn Shea is awesome. This movie looks fucking stupid. Also, Lynn Shea's character is dead. She's fucking dead. Are they are these more prequels still? Yeah. This is a sequel to the the last key. It's a sequel to the prequel. Like, don't get me wrong. I love Lin Shay. I mean, not to the point where, but <laughs> you give her a pump and dump. 
Footland Chase is awesome, but these movies look terrible. You know maybe what they're movies, not. Maybe they're not. You know what they, movies not terrible? King Kingpin. <laughs> maybe they're not terrible, but uh, if they're not, then whoever cuts these trailers needs to be fired. <laughs> they all need to be fired. Jason Blum needs to be fired. Uh, he said, if, if the movie is successful, we'll definitely make another one. I don't know what it will be about yet, but I'd love to make another installment. The most we got to was Paranormal Activity. We had six, so maybe we'll try and beat it with Insidious. Why? Maybe we'll do seven. Why? 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 For money making. But, no. Oh. Uh, he was then asked if there would ever be any kind of crossover between Blumhouse Properties, and he said, I hope so. I want to. We almost did Insidious and Sinister, and I still feel like we might do that. <sighs> Because, you know, Ethan Hawke, he's so hot these days. <laughs> hey, you know what? He's also fucking dead. <laughs> He's just going to make a movie of a bunch of dead people. Uh, so I think we're going to cross our worlds at some point. I don't know how yet, but we're going to try. Yeah, He's I got d- a lot of ideas and not a lot of execution. I'm an, I'm an ideas guy. Uh, I'm a big picture guy. <laughs> I hate that term. <laughs> like, so what do you actually do? Nothing. <laughs> Um, I think the question on everyone's mind is, will they call it in sinister? That's not the question on my mind. <laughs> is the question why? Yeah, it's like why fucking bother? I mean, you're you're, yeah, uh, you know, I'm just gonna say it right now. <clears throat> if you like uh, insidious movies or sinister movies or conjuring movies, I want to let you know. That you are the lowest common denominator. <laughs> Those movies are so fucking bad. I can't even put it into words. Like Insidious, the first Insidious was good one time. Oh, I didn't even like it the first time. I know you didn't. I hate that fucking Darth Maul demon, and then the fucking little monsters shit at the end. <laughs> you know, I'm telling you, the second half of that movie is little monsters, <laughs> but not good. See, I like Patrick Wilson. I don't like that he's basically making his career on fucking James Wan movies. Because you know what? James Wan is also a garbage filmmaker. James Wan? Uh, 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 <laughs> can't even say his name. <laughs> uh, Wan. Um, now, here's the fun part. Uh, can't wait for the fun part. They brought up the movie Halloween, mm-hmm. which, of course, Blumhouse is doing something with later this year that no one really knows what it is it's some kind of remake sequel reboot thing some kind of stupid bastard shit uh and on top of that tommy blum in a different interview said that you can't have a movie about high school kids rated r because then high school kids can't see it that's why the gallows didn't do well yeah that's why it fucking didn't (laughs) do well not the, not the shitty plot or the bad acting. Yeah, that had nothing to do with it. Right, it's because it was rated R. Yeah, fucking idiot. How about fucking Scream, American Pie, um, Nightmare on Elm Street. Halloween. Yeah. <laughs> hey, hey, Halloween, yeah. Go figure. So I'm, I'm worried that that means this Halloween is going to be PG-13. I think people will fucking riot if they have a PG-13 Halloween movie. Yeah, we'll see. But in this conversation, they asked Tommy Blum if there's any other slasher franchises he would like to work on. Don't, and he don't said, Don't say it. Don't say it. I would love to make a Friday the 13th movie. Ah! 
Nobody else is doing anything with it. Jason Blum. <laughs> I'm talking talking directly to Jason Blum now. If you Tony's gonna go all Liam Neeson here. <laughs> I will find you. And I will kill you. <laughs> <laughs> I made a I made a Twitter post about this. But I want to be very clear and direct. <laughs> Do not let the name Friday the 13th escape your lips again. <laughs> I don't care if you fuck up Halloween like you're currently doing. I don't care if you make more shitty James Wan movies. Uh, I'll hearken you back to my shit on top, on top of shit analogy. But so help me God, you keep your fucking shitty filmmaking, money-grubbing hands off of Jason Voorhees. Don't even look in his direction. <laughs> Don't say it. Don't speak it. Don't think it. Pee pee poo poo man. <laughs> that popped up on my Facebook the other day. And it was like one year ago. And I was like, oh, this still makes me laugh. <laughs> I like it when uh, the post that I made saying, they're telling my wife that uh, Big, uh, no, um, yeah, Big Booty Hills was, uh, no, that wasn't it. You're a bad storyteller. <laughs> I know. I'm so bad. I think it was Big Booty Hose. Because <laughs> when we first started, or no, not when we first started, we've been dating for like a couple of years. And my wife, my, my mom asked me if there was a song that reminded us of when we first started dating. And I couldn't think of anything at the time. And I texted my wife like a few days later. I said, hey, remember when my mom asked me, or asked us if there was a song that reminded us when we first started dating? She's like, yeah. Like, I thought of one. Big Booty Hose. <laughs> <laughs> Ours is happy to be stuck with you, but here you Oh, that's adorable. She hates it. <laughs> Why? Why? I know. It's precious. And it was all because, you know, there was Hurricane Sandy and I couldn't leave her apartment. So I was telling her I was happy to be stuck with her. That's disgusting. <laughs> anyway. She, she's like, no, that makes it sound like you're like, you're stuck with me. Like you can't get away. I'm like, yeah, but I'm happy about it. <laughs> that's what the song's about. <laughs> Like, watch the video. He's on a deserted island, but he's happy about it. <laughs> anyway, so help me Christ, Jason Blum. Just, <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's... let's I move. mean, I don't want to make live threats against people that, it, like, could buy my life. <laughs> but, oh. Right, let's move on before things get out, of, get out of hand here. Okay. Let's move on to some movie reviews. All right, movie reviews. Everybody's favorite part of the Great Lot Podcast. Is I, it? I don't know. Is it? It might be. Is it your favorite? No. No. <laughs> I like the part at the end where we say goodbye. <laughs> and I go home. Yeah. 
That's my favorite part. Oh. <laughs> uh, but we've got two films that couple we indie flicks. A couple of indie flicks. Couple of indie flicks. This time. <laughs> Feel good about yourself? <laughs> Do I feel good about myself? All right. It's time to stop now, Mac. It is time to stop now, Mac. Anyway. Okay. So um, what do you want to start with? House of Salem. Old houses hold a lot of secrets, Jack. And the House of Salem is definitely one of them. for this season's ritual have begun. Tonight I'll become a devil saint. your help with this one i'll do my best (laughs) because this thing got more complicated as it went on that it did okay so house of salem is a 2007 actually 2016 movie um a british flick directed in it by james crow james crow written and directed by him I think he filmed it, too. I think I saw him as a cinematographer. He did a lot of things. A lot of people, people say a lot of things about it. James Crow. Do they? I don't know. They probably say that he's a director and a writer. And a writer. <laughs> Maybe a cinematographer. <laughs> anyway. Uh, so, yeah, this does take place in England, in London town. <laughs> London town. <laughs> probably not London. You sound like y'all from London. <laughs> no, this looks like it. Maybe it takes place like uh, kind of in a rural, rural, <laughs> rural. I thought I was going to get past that one, but nope. Rural. In a rural, in a wooded area. <laughs> um, It starts out with uh, this kid, uh, Josh. Um, He is in his bed. Um, you know, I guess he's he's saying prayers, saying his prayers uh, before he goes to bed. Um, and he's wearing this onesie. He's autistic, is he? Yeah. Okay. Because I, I mean, I I guess I could have figured, but I did they actually say that? I don't know, but that's what I read. Okay. Well then, that would explain a lot. <laughs> Namely, why this kid that's probably well in the movie he's supposed to be 12 yeah he's not 12 this kid is at least like 14 yeah 
and uh, later on in the movie, when he's being carried like a baby, um, he's much too large for that. <laughs> Especially because he's only about six inches shorter than the guy carrying him. <laughs> anyway, so he's saying his prayers before bed, and um, his babysitter comes upstairs and tells him, you know, it's lights out, time to get in bed, blah, blah, blah. Um, and this is when it's kind of revealed that his brother his, his brother died in a fire. Yeah. Um, and I guess his brother did. and his parents. Well, you don't know that right away. Oh, that's later. Okay. <laughs> it's kind of a spoiler, but we'll get past it. Um, it's not an important spoiler. I mean, are there any important spoilers? <laughs> not in this. <laughs> uh, so his babysitter puts him in bed and he goes, she goes downstairs and, oh, I guess he, he starts dreaming about the woods and these weird cloaked figures wearing these really fucked up masks, which actually looked pretty good. Some of them. Well, okay. Yeah. They were kind of hit or miss. Um, but nevertheless creepy. Yeah. Um, and he wakes up and starts hearing like these noises coming from inside of his room um we see his bedroom door open or sorry his uh, his closet door open and somebody steps out and you kind of expect that maybe it's going to be one of these cloaked figures but it's not it's a guy wearing this really f- weird mask or like clown mask mm-hmm. uh and then we see just like a bunch of them kind of pour out of nowhere <laughs> like some kind of fucked up clown car <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> Seriously, it's like, where the fuck did these people come from? Where, where were they like, Where were they hiding this whole time? <laughs> um, neither he or his babysitter noticed any of them. Yeah. Anyway, so he must have, like, at some point spotted them or saw, saw them coming because he had the foresight to bundle up a bunch of pillows and stuff and hide under his bed. But he gets found, and the babysitter comes up because he hears she hears him scream, and she gets what clubbed in the face or something. Yeah. She pulls a knife on one of them and like is able to, to cut him. Yeah. But yeah. Then she just gets fucking clobbered. Is a pistol whipped or something. Something. Yeah. One way or the other, she ends up on the ground with a bloody face. Classic case of girl on the ground. <laughs> um, and, uh, yeah. And this is one of the captors is a, girl and she's like she seems to be really concerned about the welfare of this kid like more so than anybody else she's played by jessica arterton who is archeron art well there's another t in there though oh maybe it is arterton i always thought it was archeron but whatever uh who is the cousin of Gemma arterton from the voices right she shan (laughs) she shan (laughs) Um. Okay, so they take the kid to this big mansion <clears throat> out in the middle of the woods, like in the middle of nowhere, and they um basically they start setting up shop. You know, they're saying, "Okay, well, our beneficiary, you know, set us up in this our house. Client, yeah, yeah. Um, set up, set us up in this house. Made it very clear that we do not touch anything in the house." So it was just in and out, like we do our business and we leave. Um, and 
so there, I mean, there's a gang of what, like five people? Six, I think. No, yeah, f- five. Yeah, I think it's five. Yeah. Um. So they they bring the kid in and they they make a hostage video. Um, and you find and you find out that the person that has ordered the kidnapping is this guy. I mean, like you, honestly, you never really find out who he is. Yeah. Um, but he speaks with Jacob. Is that his name? The older guy. The yeah. The, yeah. Okay. Yeah, Jacob. Um, and yeah, Jacob's basically checking in with him, just making sure everything's going fine. And um, but what's weird is like the 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 client is clearly very well off. Yeah. And so it's it's strange that he would be making this this ransom request right. when he clearly doesn't need the money. Yeah, it's later explained that he's uh, some kind of angry or slighted relative that is out for some kind of revenge, mm-hmm. um, which isn't necessarily true. Well, it's not true, but um, yeah, I'm trying to. I'm, I'm really trying to make sense of this plot. It's <laughs> it's. Difficult. So, so strange things start happening in the house. Uh, Josh, the, the the boy, starts seeing things. He starts hearing first. He starts hearing voices, and then he starts seeing people coming out of his closet and talking to him. And, and uh, that fucking song. Yeah, there's this song that that um, Josh and the these ghosts of other little boys. Uh, they're just they're singing it to no end through the entire fucking movie, and it made me want to turn it off. <laughs> like because neither the kid that that plays Josh or the other kid kid slash kids that are singing the song, none of them can actually sing. They can't carry a note, so it just sounds really flat and obnoxious. Yeah, and like the song doesn't rhyme or anything. No, it's not like some you know uh, some kind of tune that you've heard a thousand times or anything. I thought maybe it was, though, so I actually looked it up, and it's not a real song. There's something they wrote for the movie? Yeah, I guess. <laughs> um, and yeah, so yeah, just... So the, the, the things kind of take a turn, because you slowly discover that the people that have ordered the, the kidnapping are actually members of a satanic cult, and they want to sacrifice Josh to the devil. And so these people that have kidnapped him have more or less become his protectors. I mean, not necessarily for his benefit, more for their own. Yeah. But, you know, they they want to get paid. And they think if these these cultists kill the kid, they're not going to get paid. And so there is one girl, the, the girl uh, Nancy or Anna. Is that her real name? Yeah. Is that all the cat, all the kidnappers? They had uh, code names. I mean, you know, fake aliases. Names. Yeah, aliases that they were using. Hers was Nancy. <laughs> it's funny when he when she tells Josh that she yeah he can call her Nancy. Um, he says like uh like the woman that watched after Oliver, Oliver Twist, and um, she says yeah and everything turned out all right for Oliver didn't he didn't it? And he said yeah for Oliver. Nancy got her head uh, smashed in. <laughs> well, that got dark. <laughs> um, 
yeah, I mean, so they they're they're. It would be funny if you had been like like the girl that watched over Oliver and she was like, yeah, or like from Nightmare on Elm Street. He's like, why would you bring that up? <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, the, the rest of the movie is basically like them trying to protect this house that they're in from these cultists that are just kind of slowly making their way inwards. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, there's a few twists at the end. And now I, you know, I tell you this plot. When when you start to come to the end of a movie, all the pieces start fitting together. And you're just like, oh, okay, you know, that thing from the beginning makes more sense here now, and you know that kind of stuff. But I feel like this movie has kept adding pieces. You know, do you ever, you ever watch those cooking competition shows? Where they'll like they'll give you give the people it's like okay you have to make something with these items and they're like okay like chopped uh, yeah yeah um, and so they'll they'll start okay well okay now I've got an idea I'll I'll use this for this and you know I'll make this this dish with these items and then they'll be halfway through what they're making and they're like hey guess what guys you got to include this this ingredient too <laughs> it's like wait what. <laughs> That's kind of what this movie was like. <laughs> okay, yeah. <laughs> Not the analogy I would have thought to make, but... Well, it's just like, you know, the movie's like three quarters of the way done. Maybe in like like five, six of the way done. <laughs> and then they start adding in these like other elements to the story. It's like, I thought we were wrapping things up. It felt like this movie couldn't really decide what kind of genre it wanted to be. Yeah, like I feel like it, like they wanted to try and combine genres, obviously, but like I, I kept seeing this movie compared to Your Next, which yeah. I don't I don't see. I I think Rosemary's Baby a little bit because with the the whole satanic cult thing, sure. But I mean, you've got a home invasion movie, and then you've got a supernatural movie, mm-hmm. and then you've got this uh, cult movie. Yeah, but it's like the the three don't seem to really go together. Well, I mean, supernatural and cult can kind of fit together. Yeah, but but just the way that it's done in this one, it it seems like it just kind of bounces back and forth as opposed to all of them weaving together. Yeah, um, I felt I feel like this movie was probably written and the plot was cemented in, and they started filming it, and at no point nobody was like, "Wait a minute, I don't think this makes sense." Because <laughs> there's, I mean, there are a lot of uh, I mean, I don't even want to call them plot holes because they weren't really plot holes. It's just things. It's like, well, why are you doing that? Why? What's what's the purpose of this element of the story? Right. Um. Yeah, I mean, and I think my probably my biggest complaints from the movie um, are technical ones, like the sound was awful. The sound was off. At, at times yeah but you know something something i learned <laughs> actually just doing re- day reach it's like the sound guy um he would just call for silence in the room and he would just record noise for about a minute mm-hmm. um and you know i do that when we record the show i use it for noise canceling so i'll go back in the in the when i'm editing i'll pick that sound and then i'll say okay remove that sound from the rest of the track. And that's why we can get a pretty smooth, you know, f- mostly fuzz-free 
episode. I assume that's what he was doing. And kind of was, but what he was doing is he'll record the room noise and lay it as a bottom track. And then he'll clip the silence out of the actual dialogue tracks and lay those on top of that baseline room noise so that all that fuzz sounds the same. Oh, interesting. They didn't do that in this one. No. <laughs> um, and because, I mean, he was telling me it's like, you know, when, when actors change position in a room, if you move the mic, if, I mean, and you, if you relocate the camera and shoot from a different angle, all that changes the sound in the, in the room. Sure. And so that's why he said, yeah, we'll just get like a baseline room noise and just lay it through the entire scene. It's like, that makes a lot of sense. That's funny. When we were doing the driving scenes, he had to like, he did that once just in the car still. And then he wanted to do it again as we were driving. Mm. And then again, outside the car. <laughs> makes sense. Yeah. Um, but uh, anyway, yeah. So. I mean, th- clearly the budget of this movie is is low. I don't know what it was, but it it was not much. Yeah, and and I try not to hold that against a, a film. No, definitely not. I try to look at what do they do with what they had mm-hmm. more so than just what did they have. Yeah, but you know when you got things like bad sound. Yeah, especially when you know the the sound isn't syncing up with the actor's voice uh, mouth moving. That wasn't as big of an issue. I think. I think that. I mean, that happened like once or twice. What bothered me is like, it's like at one point this door is opening and it's like this creaking noise from the door, but you could tell that the the foley that they picked up wasn't loud enough. So they just jacked it up and it was super <laughs> fu- like a really loud fuzz underneath this creaking door, but not in the rest of the scene. Yeah. It's like that kind of stuff that just really work shed. What? Work shed. Work shed. Evil Dead 2. Oh. <laughs> um. Yeah, it's those kind of things that are just driving me nuts. Yeah. Um I honestly no real complaints about the acting. I thought that was pretty solid. Yeah. Um the makeup effects probably could have used a little more little more work. That was my other complaint. The makeup like and the the makeup that was not good, like I don't know why they did it in the first place. That's the thing is this movie isn't heavy on gore or anything like that. Yeah. So it's like what was there it felt like there's so little of this stuff, it could have gotten more attention. Right. And should have gotten more attention. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, like, I, I I know makeup. I know it can get expensive. But it's like, you can do better. <laughs> yeah, like some of them, like, you could tell that it was an appliance on someone's face. Right. It, it wasn't blended well, and it just... It, it looked fake. Yeah, and th- these are all sorts of things you can you can touch up and post. Right. Um, I mean, just tiny little things like yeah, fixing appliance seams like that's something you go in there and I mean, well, even with um, it's not Photoshop. It's another one of the uh, the Adobe Suite. I can't remember what it's called, but yeah, you go in and you just touch it up. It's like drawing over it with a marker, basically. <laughs> yeah. Um. And I, just, I don't know why they didn't do these little things. It's just like, I feel like if you have a low-budget film, your attention to detail becomes more crucial. Is it premiere? Is that what you're talking about? That's kind of like Final Cut. That's not it, though. 
Doesn't matter. It might be. I don't know. I know because like I'm pretty sure Premiere is used for cutting. Oh, okay. But if it's used for actual screen editing, I don't know. Um, it doesn't feel like a lot of effort was put into the post production of this, yeah. like color correction, um, you know, stuff like that, kind of smoothing out some of the 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 seams. Yeah. It doesn't seem like a lot of effort was paid to that. And I don't know what it is with British films or TV for that matter. They've always got like a haze on them. Yeah. And I know back in the day it's because British people used um, video. They used video for years after America more or less stopped and before, you know, America moved into digital and high def things. They were still using video. Why they did it, I don't know. But, and, but to, you know, a lot of things nowadays, they still just have that British look to them. And I don't know why. <laughs> Because it's really hard on the eyes, I think. Yeah. It looks really cheap. Yeah. Um, but, uh, you know, I was reading some things about this movie, and I saw a few people compare it to, um, like, a British cop drama. And I can really see that. Yeah. Um, it definitely had that tone to it. And I honestly, I think if they would have done away with the whole cult aspect, or maybe just at least the um, them trying to, you know, call on the devil. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I think they could have eliminated that. And on this, the phone, by the way. Right. <laughs> not, not like summon him. Like they wanted to talk to Satan on the phone. Yeah. And so, and there, there are just things in the story that it's like, well, why is that there? Um, like, I don't know. This cult was really into branding and, and mark, like, like marketing. <laughs> They're all about their brand. Yeah. Yeah. They, they have this logo that, <laughs> or this. I don't know this insignia. That's it's like a it's an eye basically, like a eye with a slotted pupil. Like, yeah, like but it's, it's basically just like an oval with a line in it. Yeah, um, but they put it on everything. Yeah, they put it on their fucking weapons. They put it on their phones, and not like well. Yeah, it's, it's like just, carved in with a dull knife. Yeah, yeah, on everything. Yeah, there's like a VHS tape because they could discover these tapes from all these sacrifices before this Josh kid, and that's kind of where the plot opens up. Or it's like, Jesus Christ, this has been going on for a while. Um, and you, yeah, like they find this VHS player with, yeah, this insignia scratched into it. It's just like, what are they trying to resell this as, <laughs> as this cult's brand of VHS player or something? <laughs> or, or that that telephone? It's, yeah, the telephone on the on the uh, the receiver. Yeah, the symbol carved into the side. That's like carving like the bat symbol into it or something. <laughs> um. And it's like these these cultists are clearly well off. Yeah. Yeah, they have very yeah, good financing. Yeah. So it's like you can't get like a professional engraver in here <laughs> to do these things for you. And that's the thing, is like so many of these things, you know, they're supposed to be like these ancient time honored traditions of this cult. And all of them just will really look like they're thrown together. Like they've got like their their sacrificial weapon or their like, you know. You think of like most most cultists would use like a knife or a dagger or Some something, kind of, yeah, ceremonial dagger. But no, it's a fucking hand scythe. It looked like they just bought from the hardware store. <laughs> um, I'm surprised they didn't still have the UPC sticker on it. Um, <laughs> Tag hanging off the bottom <laughs> of the handle. <laughs> and it's like I don't know why it was a scythe either because it was totally impractical. Well, there was the whole thing about like sacrificial lambs, and so that was a very what uh, What does a scythe have to do with a lamb? I don't know. Do you because they were all about slitting the throat. It was. Do you use a knife? Use a knife. I don't know how these things work. 
<laughs> I grew up in a farm town, but I didn't grow up on a farm. I think when they probably slaughter lambs, they use a knife. Yeah, well, I don't know. <laughs> because that's much more practical. They, wanted, they were going for theatrics. I don't know. A, a scythe is for fucking harvesting. They, it, it almost looked like, like an ice, um, like how, how you pick up like giant ice cubes. You know, you use the big ice hooks. Ice hook. Yeah. No, it wasn't that a shitty beer? Is there a shitty beer called Ice Hook? There's Ice House. Ice, I think that's and Red Hook, maybe. (laughs) Um, yeah, and it's like, um, I don't know. They wear these robes, and I don't really know why. Because like, when the guy is going to actually like sacrifice the kid, they take his robe off. (laughs) (laughs) Why is he wearing it in the first place? And um, uh. Yeah, there are all these kids that start showing up, and like, I had to watch this twice to really understand it. Uh, I mean, they're they're all these previous sacrificed kids, but it's like they present them in a way. It's like, oh, look who it is! Bah, bah, bah. <laughs> it's like, wait, who is it? Because <laughs> they're wearing these these fucking like appliances, so it's really hard to tell who the hell you're looking at. Right, and it's like you know, kids that age, they all look alike. <laughs> Especially Pretty when much, they're all yeah. white boys with parted hair to the side. With fucking Hitler youth haircuts. Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't, I don't know. This, oh, and the, 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 these isolation, like these sensory deprivation boxes that they're supposed to put their sacrifices in. I don't really know what purpose those served because, you know, like... Wait, were they supposed to be sensory deprivation? That's what they said. They are just a crate. They're just a box. There's a wooden <laughs> box. And they're supposed, they're supposed to look like these like ancient boxes that they're supposed to put them in. They they just look like they br- just built them. They they they're literally just crates. Yeah, and it's like you know if you look at a real sensory de- deprivation like tank, they're like made of fucking like thick heavy metal. Yeah, <laughs> heavy metal. <laughs> Call it heavy metal higher. And it's like when they find these tapes and they're like, oh, if only we can find a video player. And then like five minutes later, it's like, oh, here's one in this trash can. <laughs> Like, oh, that was anticlimactic. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, what a stroke of luck. <laughs> um, yeah, and these are just like not so much continuity errors, you're just like, why? <laughs> these are just extra bits that you don't need. Right. Like IKEA furniture. <laughs> Which I'm pretty sure that stool they had the kids sitting on in the um in the uh uh, uh uh, ransom video? I'm pretty sure that was a IKEA bench. Oh, that was like probably stool. a smorgid. Smorgid. <laughs> no, um oh shit, we used to have one. Oh, uh, it was a Gloopton? No, it had like a guy's name. Steve. What is he like, like a like a Stanley or something like that? <laughs> it was just it was a dude's name. And so like r- around my family's house we're just like, hey, where's the where's the Stanley? Like, I don't think it was Maybe it wasn't Stanley. I don't fucking know. But it was a guy's name. It wasn't like some weird Ikea name. Um. Anyway. And then I'm pretty sure that bed he was laying on was Ikea too. Probably. <laughs> it's probably just the Ikea stuff. Dress, cheap dress setting or set dressing. Dress setting. <laughs> dress setting. <laughs> um. Anyway. So, yeah. Overall, this movie, I mean, it's not Bad. It's not terrible by any means. I mean, like I said, the acting's bad. The mood or the, the, the acting's oh, bad. Sorry, the acting's not bad. That's what I meant to say. <laughs> um, and the plot at its core is not bad. I mean, that's why I, I chose to watch it because 
the the synopsis sounded good. Um, but there are just technical aspects that I think were overlooked. And like I said, if you're making a low budget film, that's where you're going to make your movie stand out mm-hmm. is picking up those tiny little things that maybe a bigger budget movie wouldn't because they have a bigger budget to cover those things up. Right. Um, yeah. And so I just think a lot of those marks were missed. The, the plot got really complicated. Um, it's like, Dude, I know that you want to make this really like deep movie, but it's just not working. <laughs> Cut these parts out and just streamline it. Yeah, exactly. Um, like so, I said, I get that he wanted to like combine genres, but it seemed like it was just these like three parallel stories running at the same time, as opposed to this one story where all three of these genres kind of came together in a cohesive story. Yeah. So, um, you know, I think I think I'll give it a five. Yeah, yeah. Uh, hmm. I'm thinking four. I wanted to like it more than I did. It, you know, the 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 idea is good, but it just seemed like the execution, while not bad, could have been better. Sure. Yeah. So four then. Yeah. Doing four. All right. So this movie, uh, I believe it's on VOD, should you choose to watch it. I believe it actually comes out January 20th. Okay. Well, there you go. Look out for that. Yeah. Uh, or, or don't. Or, or don't. <laughs> the, the choice is yours. It's America, goddammit. <laughs> uh, next up, we have a movie that is currently on VOD called Desolation. Wow. Your dad would have been so proud of us for making it up here in one piece. It's so incredible out here. It's so peaceful. What the hell is that? Hello? Do you think there was someone out here last night? Hey, it's that guy I saw. Why didn't you tell us? I don't know. Something wrong. Jen? Jen! Mom? Jen's not in her tent, honey. What are we gonna do? We're gonna go get help. You can't just leave her behind. I need to get you out of these woods. We're gonna need to go off trail. Dad said you should never go off trail. Mom! Mom! Nobody! Anybody! Anybody! Help! Oh God, what do you want? Leave us alone! Do you hear me? Just leave us alone! All right, quick correction. Uh, House of Salem comes out January 23rd on VOD. So keep an eye out for that. Uh, but on to Desolation, a, another independent film. Um, this one is an American movie, I believe. Uh, I think so. Um, 
Uh, written by Mike, uh, Matt Anderson and Michael Larson Kangas. Directed by Sam Patton. So this is the story of Abby and her son Sam and her friend Jen. Who all go out to the woods to spread Sam's father's ashes. He's, I guess, some kind of big hiker and outdoorsman. And this this was his favorite spot to go. So they, they're going out here to spread his ashes because he dead. He he did. <laughs> well, I guess they do. They it's implied of, that he he got sick. I mean, you have to assume maybe cancer. Well, at one point, uh, Jen says, "I'm as serious as cancer." Too soon. So <laughs> yes, <laughs> yeah. I just spread his ashes. It's, yes, it's way too much soon. too soon. You fucking bitch. <laughs> You're an awful person. Uh. Yeah, and then while they're like while they're up there, they find this geocache that apparently he left for them, mm-hmm. and it feels like that should have been much more of a sentimental moment than it was. Yeah, they really well, they really kind of glazed over. No, no, it. no, it, it wasn't left for them. It was just a geocache that was there. Really? Because when she pulls out the Sudoku book, she hands it to Sam and she says, "He wanted you to have this." No, no, no they somebody somebody put it in there and, and they wanted you to have it. Just speaking in. Generalities. Basically, oh. I mean, geocache. I was under the impression that he had left it for them. No, no, no. Um, he the the story was that that very geocache was where he hid her engagement ring. Oh, so they went up there together, found the geocache, and her ring was in there. So that was the significance of the spot, right? Okay. Um. Yeah. And then they leave his favorite beer in it. Right. Which seems irresponsible. Yeah, you don't know who's going to find that. So is the doob inside of it. <laughs> yeah. This, the doobie snack. <laughs> Big fat doob. Which they find it, and Jen is like, fuck yeah, let's get lit. <laughs> um, you know, it was funny that they that she said that's where she, he hit put her ring because I almost did that the exact same thing with my ex-girlfriend. Oh really? <laughs> yeah. But I like I didn't want to put it in there and then risk somebody finding somebody it else stealing finding it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's an excellent point. Yeah. So there's that. <laughs> um but yeah, as they're out there uh Sam sees this Rob Zombie looking motherfucker out in the woods just staring at him. <laughs> this fucking guy. He's just like creeping. <laughs> This guy, he's supposed to look like a fucking threat, but he actually looks like somebody that like might try to sell you mushrooms or something. (laughs) (laughs) He's like, hey man, you guys want to buy these shrooms? I grow or I found them growing over there. Give you, they're they're probably magic. (laughs) (laughs) They'll get you fucking fucked up, man. Yeah, Yeah, Sam sees him and is just like, oh, that's there's a guy. That's cool. I'm gonna go about my business now. Right. Doesn't think anything of it. <laughs> and then uh, that same night, while Sam's in bed, uh, Abby and Jen both finish off a bottle of wine. Yeah. Each. Two bottles of wine. And then they go hiking the next day. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking brilliant. <laughs> yeah, they both pound this bottle of wine and then they uh, they, they split the doobie. The doobie smack joint head. <laughs> <laughs> the doobie. <laughs> I kept calling it the doobie. <laughs> My wife, and she, she like kept calling it a joint, and I just reverted right back to a dupe. <laughs> I'm old, and so, so they're they're you know they're lit. 
they they tied one on and they see this backpack and they freak the fuck out. <laughs> yeah, they like Sam saw a person and was just like, oh, neat. <laughs> they find a backpack and they're like, oh my god, we're gonna <laughs> die. <laughs> he had to rewind it. It was just like, is there more significance to this backpack than I thought? <laughs> but no. <laughs> then I mean, like Jen does say, she's like, the weed is making us paranoid. <laughs> Plus, their cliff bar was gone. Right. I thought that was another geocache. That was up in the tree? Yeah. Because, I mean, I don't know if you've ever been geocaching, but they are in some weird fucking places. I never have. Yeah. But no, you got to hide your snacks in the tree from the bears. Yeah, and it, it took me a second to put that together. Um, yeah, everything else was still in there except for the one cliff bar that they really wanted because they were stoned out of their minds. Yeah. Gotta get those munchies. Get the munchies because they're high. Yeah, but then they see this backpack and they're just like, oh my God, let's go to bed. <laughs> <laughs> like, they seriously just like freak the fuck out and then just go to bed. <laughs> and then wake up the next day and just, yeah, like you said, go hiking. And they're like heading back down the back down the hill. Yeah, like no mountain. Like, you know, you and I have been drinking for years. Drinking, I mean, not so much lately, but drinking heavily and i don't think either of us could just kill a bottle of wine and then just be fine the next day and those those two are older than us yeah <laughs> i mean i don't drink wine but well sure but the point stands, you, you yeah yeah yes then they're heading back down there back down the hill the mountain I should say mountain not hill and then they see rob zombie and they're like this guy's a creep and he's like, <laughs> he turns into fucking Chad Kroger what? <laughs> or James Hatfield. <laughs> Ooh, yeah. I think maybe Chad Kroger, James Hatfield and Rob Zombie are all and the Scott same Stapp. person. And Scott Stapp. They're all the same person. <laughs> kind of like Miley Cyrus and Justin Bieber. Right. <laughs> um. Have you ever heard my my Miley Cyrus impression? No. Hi, I'm Miley Cyrus. <laughs> Nailed it. Because she has a deep voice. Right. Because she's a man voice. Yeah, she sounds like a grandpa. But she sounds so nice when she sings. Anyways. No, she doesn't. <laughs> she has a terrible voice. Anyways. Um, yeah, they see this guy and they're like, hey, this guy's a creep. And Sam's like, oh yeah, I saw him earlier. And they're like, maybe you should have told us. <laughs> well, that would have been nice to know yesterday. And like literally the guy just sits there and stares at him and doesn't move for hours. You guys want to buy acid? <laughs> I swear, he just looks like a creepy drug dealer. He does, you're right. And uh so he's they, like Eli Roth's character in Cabin Fever. He just shows up <laughs> in the woods, sells you drugs, and then just leaves. That's that's what he looks like. Yeah. <laughs> Accurate. So they're going back down the mountain and he starts following them. And it's just a lot of him following them from a distance for a while. And that just goes on and on and on. It's like Lord of the Rings and um, Gollum. And Lord of the Rings 2 and Lord of the Rings 3. <laughs> just a bunch of fucking walking. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, pretty much. And then... uh takes a while for this to really get to the point. It does. Like You're probably half an hour in before you even like realize this guy is a threat. Yeah, I mean... And this movie's only 70, 73 minutes long or something. Was it that short? Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, 
I mean, once things start happening, they happen quickly. Yeah. Like the wheels just fuck. I mean, not so much the wheels come off as far as like the plot, just of these people's day. <laughs> yeah. Things just go fucking sideways real quick. Um, I don't know that that initially makes up for the the waiting that we had just endured. No, I don't think so, personally. I mean, as far I, as what happens, I don't think it offsets. I'm not a slow burn guy. I can be, but it like I still need like there still has to be a burn. Right. <laughs> Can't be like a cigarette that just keeps going out and you keep relighting it. Right. <laughs> it's like because you know what? You keep doing that, and by the end, the cigarette tastes like shit. Like, I don't want you, I don't want to see somebody holding a firecracker and just taking a lighter and going, oh, <laughs> oh, oh. No, I, w- I would rather see someone with a f- holding a firecracker with a long fuse and then someone light the fuse and then you just go, oh my God, is it going to let go? Is it going to let go? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <that's>... <laughs> um, without giving too much away, I will say that the big, like, uh, climax fight is really underwhelming. It kind of is, yeah. Like, I audibly, while I was watching it, I, I audibly was like, you're bad at this. <laughs> <laughs> just, just speaking out to anybody listening? To, to the characters. Okay. I was like, what are you doing? <laughs> like, at one point, Sam takes the guy's mirrored aviator sunglasses and is just like, and just twists them in his hand and throws them in the fire. Like, what are you going to do now? Yeah, like those held his power or something. <laughs> right. <laughs> He's not fucking Samson with the glasses as his hair. What the fuck? <laughs> and the, but the kid looks so like confident about it. Just like, what now? <laughs> what you gonna do now? <laughs> it's like, I'm gonna beat the shit out of you. Is what <laughs> I'm gonna do now? I'm gonna fuck up your day, kid. <laughs> Break my shit. And then at the end, I was like, that's it. Like yeah. I kept waiting for something else to happen. Right. And it wasn't like, you know, last episode, Chris Peckover talked about how, oh, if somebody says they wanted more of something, that means you did it well. It's like, no, I just wanted more of something. (laughs) Could be anything. Yeah. Yeah. It was, uh, I mean, so I thought the plot was good. Yeah. In general. Um, There were a lot of slow parts, and it took a long time to get to the point. But like I said, in general, the plot was pretty good. Um, but I felt like it put too much emphasis on the slow parts and not enough emphasis on the parts with like something actually happening. Mm-hmm. It's just a lot of people walking around the fucking woods. Yeah. And that kind of bothered me. <laughs> and and she's like walking around with bear mace. <laughs> and she's just like, I have bear mace. And they're like, okay. So fucking bear mace the guy. <laughs> yeah, well, it's like apparently those things are good for like one shot, which I didn't know. It seems like kind of a jip. Yeah. <laughs> um. But Beth, bear mace that guy. <laughs> yeah, he, she like sprays the bear mace like twenty feet away from the guy, and Sam's like, "Stop it." <laughs> What are you doing? It's only good for one shot. Read the instructions. <laughs> uh, but luckily, she didn't discharge the whole thing. 
and then get a shot off for later. Right. So, um, yeah. And I just wish that, like, when he caught up to him, there was something more interesting. <laughs> yeah. I, I wish the guy was more of a threat. I mean, you could tell from the movie that he's a violent guy and he's dangerous. Yeah. But it's like, God damn it, make me scared of him. Right. I mean, I've seen a lot of killers on screen. <laughs> you gotta make him stand out somehow. It's like if you walk, then he follows you, and if you stop, he stops. Right. Like, okay, well, so I just won't go. He's <laughs> and he just watches you pee. Yeah. <laughs> that actually happens. I thought she was gonna take a shit. I thought it would have been funnier anyway. Just <laughs> It's like, well, it's like, you know, the difference between uh, shitting in a toilet and shitting in the woods is that you're crouching and it just, I don't know, it comes out different, it makes different noises. <laughs> so it's just like, <laughs> he just like turns around and walks away. Like, like oh, uh, I didn't know that was going to happen. It's like, never mind. <laughs> My girl. <laughs> Hope you bury that. Just kick some dirt over it. Yeah. I liked her friend. Jen? Yeah. I did not like Jen. No? No. She annoyed me. Oh, I mean, I thought she was cute. Oh. <laughs> also, I couldn't, like, at first it seemed like there was this, like, love affair thing going on. It, yeah. It was weird. I thought that she was going to like try to kiss her at one point. Like when it, when the movie first started, I thought they were a couple. Mm. And then as things went on, I realized that she was Sam's mom and she was mourning the death of her dead husband. Right. But I still thought it still felt like Jen was holding on to this attraction. Yeah. To her and I thought there was going to be this there was going to be some kind of reveal where she was in love with her, but then Jen starts talking about having a baby. Right. I don't know if that was supposed to be such some underlying thing or what, but it's yeah, it seemed like they made a big deal out of it, and I was just like, uh, "All right, cool, good for you." I don't know. Um, the effects in this, there's not again, there's not a lot of gore in it. There's uh, you know, a little bit of like blood effects and some some wounds, but you don't really see anybody getting fucked up. Or anything like that. So not a lot. If you're, you know, looking for gore, there's not a lot here for you. I mean, you don't see it happen, right? That's what I'm saying. But I mean, yeah, there's not not to say that there isn't some kind of nasty shit on screen. But yeah, you don't actually see it happen, and that's kind of the game changer, I think. Right. So I don't know. Like you said, the the story, the idea is good. Um, but it's just there's it's so slow getting going, yeah. And then once things get going, it's it's almost like it's it's it happens and it's over. Like I said, this movie's only seventy seventy five five minutes long, mm. and so it's like the first half is all nothing, and then the second half is all everything. I was like, why don't you just spread it out a little bit? Yeah, yeah. I would have liked to see more out of the the the. The guy, um, he's just cr- in the credits as the hiker. Um, I would have really liked to see more intimidation out of him other than just stalking him through the woods. Yeah, it's literally just him following them. Yeah. And, and I mean, he, there's nothing like, you know, when they 
go to sleep, he goes and makes noises in the woods or something. There's, no, there's nothing like that. Yeah, he's not Blair witching them or anything right. like that. Um, I, th- I think that would have added something. Yeah. I mean, well, I mean, there's sort of something like that, I guess. Won't get into it. It's a little bit of a spoiler. Well, but there could have been more and <clears throat> better executed. Right. And that's kind of... I think that's what these two movies kind of have in common with each other. There, there there was a solid core with both of them, and they each had their own merits. But there are different things. There are things about them that could have been executed better to really just escalate the movie as a whole. Like, I think those, like, I mean, the, the devil's in the details. And, the, I mean, those small things make a huge difference on screen. Yeah. Like I said, this movie just kind of goes from zero to a hundred, and I feel like if they had kind of paced out the middle section more, not only could this movie have been longer, but it would have been more successful. Right. And like like I said, they they show you who this guy is like almost immediately. Right. In like the opening scene. And it's not really there's no like is he creepy? Is he not? <laughs> it's just like, oh, there's a creepy guy in the woods. Right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, there's really no question of, like, you know, a lot of movies maybe try to set you up with, like, kind of a red herring. Right. Like, you might think that he's going to be the the attacker, but then somebody comes out of the woods and, you know, that's the real killer. But no, he, I mean, like, that's him. There's yeah. No, there's no secret. <laughs> I mean, there's four people in this movie. Right. There's no, you know, no cannon fodder going on. Just these the three hikers and the hiker. Yeah. Um, as far as like isolationist horror goes, I mean, you know, you're in the woods, you're in the vastness of the woods, but you still got that isolationist feeling from it. Right. I mean, there's, there's nobody else around. Yeah. And you, I mean, you get, you get a certain sense of, uh, of, I mean, danger, I guess. Um, but, uh, ah, what's the word I'm looking for? Just, I don't know. I mean, de- desolation. I mean, because, <laughs> I mean, they're stuck out in the woods. Um, at one point, he's, the, the guy steals their food, like all of their food. Um, and <laughs> fucking Sam's stupid ass uses their drinking water to pour out, to put out a fire. And then, like, it's like, they're like, okay, it's okay, it's okay. We'll just get more at the lake. You know, we'll run it through the filter and we'll be fine. But that's like right before all the shit starts going down. Yeah. So they never actually get more water. So they're stuck out in the woods, like the middle of the woods. Um, and this is this, like this is like insane, vast woods. Like this is like a national park or something. Because <laughs> um, the you you could probably do an aerial and not see a road for miles. Yeah. Um. But uh, yeah, just kind of a real fucked up feeling to know because I think a lot of movies like this, they don't put a real, a lot of emphasis on the fact that it's like, Oh yeah, no food, no water out in the middle of nowhere. We're kind of fucked. Yeah. Um, you know, we, we've talked a lot of, a lot of what this movie has done wrong, but there, it does do a lot of things, right? It's, um, you know, it does create a lot of tension. Mm -hmm. (laughs) It's, it does create that isolationist feel. It's directed very well. It's acted very well. 
Yeah, yeah, it was re- really well acted. Even the kid. I mm-hmm. mean, it's uh, it's hard to expect a lot from kids. Or actually, I guess maybe nowadays it's easy to expect too much from kids from things like Stranger Things and It. Right. We've got a different image of child actors nowadays. And now I think, that, yeah, there's a lot more expected from them. But even this kid, Sam, he did really well, I, th- I thought. I, yeah, I thought so too. Yeah, yeah I thought um, Abby and Jen were very um, relatable in their relationship. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I bought, excuse me, I bought that they were best friends. Mm-hmm. And like I said, well-directed. Um, I thought the, you know, a lot of the, the camera use and stuff was, was well done to create an atmosphere that I think was successful. Right. Yeah. And just, I mean, they really, they really made being trapped out in the woods. I mean, scary. I mean, yeah. I mean, it's not really a place your mind goes to, I guess. Because, you know, you think of, you know, being trapped in a desolate area. Think of something maybe like a desert or, um, you know, a haunted house or something. Yeah. It's like you never really go to woods. True. So, yeah, I thought that was a nice way to capture and make the woods seem dangerous. Um, yeah. Yeah. Kind of reminded me of a little of uh, River Runs Through It. Or no, sorry, uh, River Wild. Meryl Streep and Bacon. <laughs> kind of the same thing. Or like, um, uh, fuck. Uh, what's that movie? It's in the woods about the hillbillies. Wrong turn. No. No. Has Burt Reynolds in it? I don't know. It starts with a D. Fuck. How am I forgetting this? Like, squeal like a pig boy. That that movie? Oh. Um. oh fuck. <laughs> Are we forgetting? It's like one of the most classic movies in cinema history, and we're freaking forgetting it. Yeah. Uh, Deliverance. Deliverance. That's what it was. It's kind of reminded me a little of that. I can see that. <clears throat> anyway. Yeah, I just wish there had been more middle to this movie. Yeah. And then, like I said, at the end, I, I expected something to happen that didn't. Right. But, I mean, it's not a bad movie. No. It's just it's just not a great movie. Yeah. I think it's worth a watch. Sure. But, um, I mean, like, I don't know how much it was on Google, but it was like seven bucks on Amazon. I had a coupon for 99 cent movie. Well, there you go. But it, it's regularly six ninety nine. Yeah. That's that's a, that's kind of steep. That is kind of steep. When I saw that, I was like, "Oh man, I, I didn't expect that." Yeah, I mean, it's like you know, you get them for forty eight hours, but it's just like I'm looking for things that are be like you know four or five bucks, not six or seven. Right. <laughs> anyway, yeah, I mean, it was it was decent enough. It's a good looking movie, if, if nothing else. Yeah, it's, it it's shot well. It doesn't look like a low budget film, right? So that's important. Yeah. So, um, I think I'm gonna. I'm just gonna go down the middle. I'm gonna give it a five. Okay. I mean, I thought it was a little better than better than average, I guess. Um, so I, I mean, I, I thought about what I was gonna rate this. I, I think I'll go with six. 
All right. So there we go. You're just trying to outdo me on everything. Yeah. Let's see how it is. You're just like, oh, what are you doing? Okay, I'll do one better. <laughs> usually rate higher than I do. I know. I'm usually more forgiving than you. Mm-hmm. New year, new us. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Let's okay, do it. Taylor's going give to a sh- give a shot to being an asshole this year. Yeah. <laughs> anyway. All right. Well, that brings us to the end of the episode, guys. Yes. Episode 101. Dalmatians. <laughs> yep. Um, did you have fun? Yeah. Good. Good. <laughs> I don't want you to get too excited. Cool. Well, <laughs> we're going to do this again in a couple weeks, yep. I guess. Yep. <laughs> Are you excited? So excited. Yeah? Yeah. More excited than this episode. Another chance to be awful. (laughs) Oh. Good. Good stuff. (laughs) All right. We're going to be back next week. Or not next week. That's too much work. Yeah, we're not doing that. In a couple weeks. And we're going to bring you another fresh batch of grave plot all over your face. Yep. It's a hot, steamy... (laughs) batch (laughs) (laughs) what what are we watching uh we're watching mom and dad with nicholas cage yes (laughs) yes (laughs) i'm so happy and something else yeah i don't know maybe this movie why not could be cool (laughs) yeah fuck it it's free all right and bad apples starring brea grant and uh, Graham Skipper. Hey, okay. Well, I can get on board with that. So those things and more. Brian Coyne. Why does that name sound familiar? It does sound familiar. This is not the right person. What? <laughs> <laughs> womp. womp. Oh, he produced Utero with Jessica Cameron, which is still not out. Yes. I don't know that guy. (laughs) I just know the name. So anyways, yeah, Nicolas Cage. (laughs) Look forward to that. Are we breaking our Nicolas Cage cherry on the show? I think so. I mean, he doesn't make a lot of horror movies, but... That's true. I'm just, you know, I saw... uh, a still frame from this movie. I think it was. I think it was the thumbnail for the trailer, and it's just Nick uh, Nick Cage looking crazy. <laughs> I'm just like, oh, I'm fucking sold. And Selma Blair. Yeah. It's like I don't care what this movie's about. I'm gonna watch it. It's just Nicolas Cage, just caging all over the place. <laughs> awesome. Rage and Cage. <laughs> <laughs> all that more on the next edition of the Grave Plot Podcast. Taylor, what's up? In the meantime. If people want to delve into our world, get inside our minds, kick around for a bit, where can they go? They can go to graveplotpodcast.com. Uh, give us a rating and a review on iTunes, Stitcher Radio, Google Play Music, wherever else you listen to your podcasts. Uh, follow us on Facebook and Instagram as Grave Plot Podcast or on Twitter as Grave underscore Plot. Right. Don't forget Patreon, guys. And of course, Patreon. If you can contribute monetarily, it would be eternally uh, 
good. <laughs> Appreciated. I don't know. Taylor will put your name on his headstone. Sure. He will say, thank you, blank. Patreon. Enter your name here on his epitaph. That's a good tier. I'll do that. Well, do I care? I'm dead. Throw me in the garbage. <laughs> fill, fill me with cream. What do I care? Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, and of course, if you would rather do something that doesn't cost you money, just go to iTunes. Give us a rating. Yes. We could always use more of those. That would be nice. Cool. So, we're going to be back in a couple weeks, guys. Until then, I am Skeletoni. I am Taylor of Terror. This has been the Grave Flat Podcast, where we're all a little dead inside. Father wears his Sunday best. Mother's tired, she needs a rest. The kids are playing up downstairs. Sister's sighing in her sleep. Brothers got a date to keep you can't hang around. Thank you.